the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today, Dr. Carol's Couch puts Paris Hilton on the couch. Is Paris simply a spoiled brat? the result of a fame-starved mom living vicariously through her, do- her daughter, a victim of Los Angeles politics, a scofflaw, the byproduct of a star-struck psychiatrist, a misunderstood, out-of-control young woman having a meltdown, or all of the above. Today, I'm going to analyze this complex case, which has become a nightmare for everyone, and I'm going to explain to you why we care. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to have some fun uh, talking about Paris and uh, trying to learn from that things about our own life. And first, why don't we start learning about our own life by learning about why we care. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure most of you have been watching some of the television coverage uh, of Paris and uh, the media coverage. Um, and if you've been watching some of the news stations, um, you may well have been struck, as I was, by seeing, especially last, last Friday, um, seeing a continuous stream of photos of Paris Hilton and um, amidst the coverage, you know, it wasn't enough to just uh, focus on the people talking. Of course, we had to have the pictures of her posing for the paparazzi and uh, and fashion shows and so on. But what was amazing was that the news crawl, the news stories that were crawling along the bottom of the screen while we were watching on the top Paris pose for photos was some of the most serious news coverage. Uh, well, it's all pretty serious these days, but some of the stories having to do with the war in Iraq, having to do with Israel being threatened by war, having to do with a shake-up in our military personnel, uh, having to do with uh, countries trying to buy arms from China and Russia. And these news stories and more were reduced to tiny little letters crawling across our screen when on top of all of this we had Barbie, the latest Barbie. Um, you know, we had Anna Nicole Smith before that and we had Britney Spears before that. Um, we are mesmerized by Barbie dolls while Rome burns, or in this case, <laughs> not just Rome, um, but America and many other hot spots all over the world. So why are we focusing the whole day of news and many hours of other days on news on Barbie? <laughs> because we don't want to think about these scary other news stories. Um, we don't want 
to we don't we feel helpless to combat some of these other problems. We don't know what to do about these things. Um, we it's overwhelming. It's frightening. I mean, other countries, you know, countries building up their arms. Um, the average person feels, what can I do about it? Well, if you've been listening to this show on other occasions, you know that I do present my own opinions and I do present guests who do give you ideas of what you can do about it between uh, joining the political party that you support and uh, going out there, especially now that there's an election coming up, trying to make sure that uh, your opinion gets heard, the candidates who support your opinion or whose opinion you support, you go out there and support and try to get them elected. That's one example. Other examples of things that I've talked about have been uh, changing your life to make it more spiritual and hopefully then uh, causing an increase in people and a mass effect instead of mass weapons, you know, mass uh, weapons of love. Um, by creating the, a chain of spreading uh, goodwill, spreading goodness, spreading spirituality um, all over the globe, you know, starting with yourself and your own home and your own friends, um, those kinds of things. But let's, let's get back to Paris. <laughs> but I just want to remind you, and you can always look, um, for that matter, in, in the archives um, for shows like that, and... Um, you and you can um, uh, look into what it is that you can do um, uh, to try to feel more powerful in this world that is really very scary. Getting back to Paris, is she simply a spoiled brat, the result of a fame-starved mom, the victim of Los Angeles politics, a scoff law, the byproduct of a starstruck psychiatrist? A misunderstood, out-of-control young woman having a meltdown, well, my opinion is all of the above. And I'll uh, continue to or proceed to explain to you just why I think so. Um, really, you know, lately, I don't know if you've been, if I've been watching television or seeing media reports, you may have seen me talking about Paris Hilton on Larry King and Fox News and CNN Headline News. And um, so I've been kind of keeping abreast of what's going on and, and essentially keeping a psychiatrist notepad of what's been happening and why. So I'm going to today take you through my notepad and some of the uh, impressions that I have, some of the opinions that I have into what has been making Paris tick. And I'm going to share those with you today. The most recent or one of the most recent things that have come out in the news has been this possibility, and again, you know, this isn't official, this is, um, I don't know where some of the news outlets have gotten this from, but it's been rumored, it's a leak. I certainly don't have the uh, uh, factual information about what I'm just going to tell you about now, and that is that there have been leaks that what Paris has been suffering from when she was in the jail originally for three weeks, oh, and le- three days, <laughs> three weeks, three days, and let me start out by telling you that although I do feel compassionate for Paris, I feel that it was an outrage that she was let out after three days in jail. Um, it really, there really has been star treatment all around. I mean, even if you look at 
the uh, her her the people who came to visit her in the jail on Sunday, her sister Nikki and an ex boyfriend, you know, there it, it just that that shot. Even after all of these complaints, uh, everybody's buzzing about how she's been getting celebrity treatment and it's unfair. Despite all of this, and despite you know some uh, people's heads rolling or potentially still going to roll like the sheriff in L.A. County. Um, despite all of that, these people, these visitors of Paris at the uh, L.A. Twin Towers, where she now is, got to go in and bypass all the people, other visitors, who were waiting to visit their relatives or friends, people who they knew who were in the Twin Towers. They waited hours. But Paris's visitors got escorted in one, two, three, and they were up to see her. Now, you know, I'm sure the rationalization could be that, uh, uh, well, there was all this media around and, and um, all this fuss, and if we didn't let them go up, it would just, you know, uh, take more time and, and um, uh, disrupt the processes that are going on at the Twin Towers. But, you know... <laughs> That that really uh, is very hard to believe at this point, uh, especially when it, they got the red carpet rolled out for them. So I'm starting to say one of the things that have come out um, from as a rumor uh, in regard to what was bothering, what was ailing Paris in uh, the three days that she was in the Linwood facility originally that caused... Sheriff Lee Baca to decide that she had a condition, which was a psychological condition, that in his mind uh, made him decide that she should spend time at home instead. She should be on home detention uh, in the posh, in her posh home in the Hollywood Hills, instead of being in her cell where she was all alone in this Linwood facility. And the diagnoses that have come out to date are ADD, attention deficit disorder, and claustrophobia. Well, I think the only attention deficit disorder that she is suffering from is a lack of television cameras inside the jails, attention deficit from the media. I mean, that's sort of paradoxical because she's gotten more media coverage in in these last weeks than um, or ever she turned herself in than she normally gets, which is saying a lot. But these, this is media coverage on photos and, and uh, not her current, not, not Paris Live. <laughs> um, and I know that that may sound a bit flippant, but um, to tell you the truth, this diagnosis of ADD has been, is something that is a um, pet peeve of mine because it seems to be the diagnosis du jour of Hollywood celebrities. Uh, that isn't to say that there aren't particularly children, but some adults suffering from ADD. There certainly are, and it's not a, a, a diagnosis to laugh at. However, the problem is that many Hollywood celebrities and even people who just work in Hollywood, you know, in production, for example, have decided to call themselves to say that they're suffering from ADD and to go to doctors, whether it's psychiatrists or um, general practitioners and tell them that they're suffering from this ailment and request drugs. And what are the drugs that are given for ADD? Well, 
The one that has been rumored to be given to Paris is Adderall. And what is Adderall? An amphetamine. So what is going on with a lot of people in Hollywood? <laughs> um, they are asking, they are trying to find a somewhat legitimate route to ask doctors to prescribe amphetamines. Duh. <laughs> and in fact, I personally, I can talk to this um, personally because I have had this happen to me, particularly from people who are celebrities and non-celebrities but who are working. I mean, it's you know, this is kind of caught on in Hollywood. It's sort of the in thing. I'm sure it's not just Hollywood, but um, but I have noticed it to be an in thing that has been spreading around Hollywood where people are telling each other, hey, you go in, you tell the doctor, you know, you have these symptoms, which which really, um, to, to some degree, we can all kind of relate to at least a couple of the symptoms because they come from um, overload. You know, it, it, they sort of relate to this information overload that most of us or many of us are suffering from. And you look up ADD on the Internet and you can find a couple of other symptoms to say that you have to tell you these doctors. And I'm certainly not recommending that you do this by any means because taking amphetamines or some of the other medications similar for ADD are very, is very dangerous. Um, not only can it have an impact in terms of side effects on your body, but it also can push you into mania a kind of mania, and I have seen patients really have their lives ruined by doctors who have prescribed Adderall to them uh, after they go and complained of symptoms that sounded vaguely like ADD. And um, indeed, doctors gave them these drugs, and they went on, well, their lives got out of control. And in fact, that's exactly what has happened to Paris Hilton. Now, I'm not saying that her life wouldn't have been out of control anyway, and we'll kind of get to uh, that part of it, how her childhood contributed to her out-of-control life. But certainly taking a drug like Adderall, if indeed that is the case, would have been contributing to her life spinning out of control, which includes getting DUIs, not listening to uh, the, not, not obeying the law when her license was suspended, and so on. Essentially not paying attention to her life getting out of control. And yes, that does sound paradoxical, but um, indeed that's what it is. And in fact, if you're taking if you if you're taking these drugs and you don't have ADD, your life does spin more out of control instead of these drugs helping you to control your life if you do in fact have ADD. Well, I think we're going to be coming on to a break now and this would probably be a good place to stop. But when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, we'll put continue to put Paris on the couch and talk more about what's contributing to some of the problems that she has and some of the problems that uh, are spinning around our society. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we're talking today about Paris Hilton. Indeed, um, I uh, said that we would be talking about things that we could, everyone could relate to. Um, in terms of uh, your own life, and uh, <laughs> I guess this would be a good time to ask yourself, is your life spinning out of control, and if so, why? So uh, we'll come back 
with um, more Paris Hilton. You, uh, I, one thing I hope you'll do when you're watching television is um, look at the crawl at the bottom of the page and think about what you could be doing to help uh, to empower yourself to work on some of those items on the bottom of the screen and uh, not just to be looking at uh, the fluff that we all kind of tend to enjoy. We do have to take a break in our life and right now on, our, on the show. So stay tuned. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're putting Paris Hilton on the couch, and uh, we're finding out what really is going on inside that blonde head, <laughs> and what does it mean for all of us? Well, one of the things that, of course, um, is keeping this story alive and should is um, the fact that uh, it, celebrities do get, get, tend to get unfair treatment, uh, extra special treatment in the uh, justice system. We saw it with O.J., uh, who got off scot-free in his criminal trial. We saw, and who continues to use the media uh, to enhance his celebrity status as if he were uh, still, you know, a celebrity for his football or for something else rather than for being a murderer. You know, he seems to have, he still seems to have no conscience about that. Um, Michael Jackson, he got off scot-free from uh, the child abuse charges. Um, and and um, before that, when I made a complaint to Child Protective Services to try to have his children taken away, uh, they gave me all kinds of excuses as to why they couldn't interview his children to find out if indeed they had been abused. Um, so these are just some, oh, another example would be Robert Blake, uh, who managed to get off scot-free in his murder trial. Um, and and we'll you know we're waiting to see um, what happens uh, in the current trial of Phil Spector. That still uh, still don't know what's going to happen there. Although Phil Spector really isn't as much of a celebrity as some of these other people that I mentioned. So don't know that the jury will um, you know see him in quite the same way. But getting back to Paris Hilton, um, you know there was all this question as to um, what she was taking in prison or what, according to Sheriff Lee Baca, he said to excuse or to explain and excuse why he let her out after three days even though she was sentenced to a longer sentence. He said that uh, there were she had a, a medical condition or which turned out to be a psychological condition and that he had not been told ahead of time when she went into jail that she was on medications and that these should have been continued when she went into jail. Now, that in itself is pretty interesting because is it that, um, you know, all, all uh, inmates are screened before they are put into a cell and asked these kinds of medical and psychiatric questions, and he implied in his press conference that Paris had been asked as well. Um, did Paris not want to tell the person who was screening her that she was taking medication because she didn't want that to be leaked out? Um, or did she not want to tell them that she was taking the specific medication that she was on and now, you know, she, they came up with this story that she's on ADD, for, she's on Adderall for ADD? Um, it's all possible. But before the ADD and claustrophobia story came out, I was uh, asked in the media to hypothesize about what she could have been on that she didn't tell them about. And again, you know, really, as a psychiatrist, Paris's psychiatrist, well, <laughs> I'll get to him, but he really uh, let her down in a number of ways. He, he really did not do um, what he should have, both as a psychiatrist to her and as uh, an expert witness for her in the courts. 
And as a psychiatrist to her, um, he should certainly have prepared her better for going into jail so that it wasn't such a shock. And she should have talked, he should have talked with her about the need to continue whatever medication she was on in the jail. And, you know, perhaps um, he didn't make that known to the jail because he was concerned or about patient confidentiality or he didn't know how whether she wanted him to do that or not, but he should have discussed all of this with her before she got into the jail. And certainly, actually, when he came to visit her in jail during those three days and saw that she was deteriorating, according to his report, she was deteriorating, that would have been the time to have a discussion with her. Hey, Paris, I think we should tell the people at the jail what medications you were on before you came in here so that you won't continue to deteriorate. Um, but what I was speculating, and still am speculating, since I don't know that I buy the Adderall story as the complete explanation, although it could be, but an equal, um, equal hypothesis um, would have been, I suggested that if she had been taking uh, anti-anxiety medication like Xanax, and had taken it over a long time, she would have become addicted to that. In fact, I don't prescribe Xanax to my patients because it is addicting. She could have also been taking an antidepressant like Paxil, which although it is not addicting, it does create side effects if you suddenly stop it. You're not supposed to stop uh, well, most medications you're not supposed to stop abruptly unless they are creating a side effect by taking them that is harmful. Another possibility that I suggested on the air was uh, diet pills, withdrawal from diet pills. And indeed, um, it's interesting. This is why I sort of suspect the Adderall issue. issue. Because one of the things that Adderall since it's uh, an amphetamine does that other amphetamines do as well, is to help people with weight control. And, in fact, that's another reason why people try to say they have ADD and try to get a prescription for Adderall or other amphetamines from doctors because they use it as a weight loss pill. Now, all of this is terrible, and doctors shouldn't be prescribing these kinds of medications for weight loss. And, in fact, um, for ADD, the only people who should be getting any kind of medication for ADD are people who have had tests. There are psychological tests that make the diagnosis of ADD. And interestingly enough, I was talking before about how um, that seems to be the new illness du jour sweeping Hollywood. Interestingly enough, when people have come to me saying they have ADD and wanting me to prescribe amphetamines, um, when I say to them that I'm not going to do that unless they take a psychological test that indicates that they have ADD, suddenly they disappear <laughs> because they know that they're not going to come out as having ADD on this psychological test. Other things that I had said might account for why she went into that um, deteriorating mental state during the three days in jail, and that could account for her uh, shaking in addition to these medications that I'm mentioning as uh, ones that she could have been withdrawing from, would also be alcohol, depending upon just how much alcohol um, she consumes on a regular basis and it's really hard to know that. I mean, we see her oftentimes with a drink in her hand and partying, but it's hard to know uh, just how much altogether she takes. Um, but, you know, if it's enough 
her shaking could ha- be attributed to her suddenly stopping drinking. I mean, um, she was at the MTV Awards the night before. It, she was likely drinking there. Um, also, anxiety in itself could account for shaking. And uh, that's what I'll talk to you about when we come back. The, prob- the psychological problems that really would be enough to account for um, her deteriorated state and her drinking, I mean her drinking, her shaking. <laughs> and also, of course, we hear that she didn't want to eat or drink while she was in jail because she didn't want to have to go to the bathroom um, in front of the guards, which we can understand. Nobody would like, most people, especially most women, um, don't want to go to the toilet in, in full view of other people. But, of course, uh, not drinking and not eating can only make you sick, and that's something that the psychiatrist told her when he visited her as well. But let's take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We'll be back with more Paris on the Couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Carrie Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Carrie Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Carrie Douglas Show. Join Carrie each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Carrie Douglas Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we've put Paris Hilton on the couch. 
We're talking about uh, her incarceration and uh, what what happened there, actually, and what it means for all of us and uh, what it means for all the inmates. One of the things that really bothers me, and I hope, though, that this will draw attention to this problem. Um, as when I wear my forensic psychiatrist hat, I do spend time in jails and prisons uh, visiting inmates who are going to be on trial. And um, I have been long uh, struck by just how horrendous the uh, conditions are inside jails and prisons um, where people who need psychological or medical treatment don't get it. They have to wait for so long. It, it often becomes life-threatening. And these, these um, stories uh, don't get heard. You know, a lot, sometimes there are, are court cases um, by the families of these people who have died because they didn't get enough attention or because they hanged themselves, for example, instead of... Um, getting to see a psychiatrist in time, but for the most part, they really go under the radar. And I hope, you know, now that some people are beginning to uh, talk about the unfairness of it all, that even where Paris is now really is special treatment, although I must say um, it certainly seems to be a better alternative than having her serve the rest of her sentence at home. But I hope that this continues to bring attention to the plight of so many prisoners who aren't celebrities and who are suffering um, because they're not getting sufficient psychiatric and or medical treatment behind bars. Um, the main thing that Paris was confronting during those three days, and even now, although uh, because she's in a medical ward in the Twin Towers, she's getting more attention, <laughs> so it fixes her attention deficit disorder. Um, but uh, the the problem that she had primarily is all this time to be alone and face Paris, to confront Paris, to stop spinning out of control. She didn't have her shopping to escape into. She didn't have sex to escape into. She didn't have alcohol or drugs to escape into. Um, she didn't have her cell phone. Now she does. But she didn't during those three days to escape into. She didn't have all of the things that she, you know, her pedicures and her manicures and her, um, and her speeding around down, literally, um, to escape into. Here she was in, enclosed, uh, in four walls and, and nobody to talk to for the most part and having to face who she was, having to face herself and seeing things that she didn't like. Now, during that time, what essentially happened was that she regressed. She became more childlike. And I thought it was really fascinating that um, when she got out, and of course there's, you know, there's different rumors as to how this happened, whether it was something that Paris orchestrated or um, something that a, a cupcake company just did on their own. But interestingly enough, um, as we saw when she was taken back that Friday morning to go to court and then to go back uh, to be incarcerated, there were pink and gray balloons outside her house, and she had had a cupcake party the night before. Now, this was, you know, this is what you do for a child's birthday party. You put the balloons um, outside the house to show the guests where it is, and you have cupcakes. 
And I thought that was just fascinating, however it came about. Um, what we were all watching during that day and, and during her being let out and being put back was to have a temper tantrum, a, an internationally broadcast temper tantrum. And why did this happen? It all happened because when she was a little girl, her parents didn't set boundaries. They didn't tell her no. This was, this was a totally new experience for Paris and a scary one at that. A judge telling her no, you have to spend time in jail, telling her that she has to do something, when all her life she had been indulged by her parents. In fact, what we were watching by this incarceration was Paris being made to have a time out, a punishment. This is what parents are supposed to be doing to their children. When their children are out of control, having a temper tantrum, crying, or even just, you know, getting too excited about something in a, in a good way, but in a way that could hurt them because they've, they've gotten out of control. And that's exactly what Paris did, uh, partying up a storm before she was caught, you know, and, and with the DUIs and uh, driving on a suspended license. She was, essentially, her life was out of control. It was one party after another. And that is because, as a little girl, her parents didn't tell her no, didn't give her time outs, didn't set boundaries, didn't tell her that it wasn't okay to party up a storm in whatever way a little child would, you know, however little children party at that point or be indulged. And why do parents do this? Boundary setting is really showing love. Now, I'm not talking about hitting a child, which is totally wrong, or any other kind of physical punishment, which is totally wrong. But giving a time out, explaining what the child should be doing and shouldn't be doing and why um, is how you discipline a child and how you teach them about the world by indulging a child, just letting them do whatever they want, giving them toys. You know, if a child cries or starts to have a temper tantrum, parents who really don't love their children just give them more toys instead of spending the time and being patient with them, explaining to them why this isn't okay. It's sort of the busy parent's way out. Now, I know we've all, um, there have been times when all parents, you know, may have done that uh, once in a while, but I believe that Paris's parents did that more times than none. Um, They didn't set boundaries. They indulged her. They spoiled her. They turned her into a spoiled brat. And they did this instead of giving her enough love and attention and explanations for giving giving her this love for um, who she is. Now, a child knows, any child knows intuitively that when they are not given boundaries, when parents don't show the love and take the time to set boundaries and instead just throw toys at them, that this is not love. This is not a good enough love. Um, p- children realize that parents are not being caring enough to take the time and show the patients to set the boundaries. And add on top of that the fact that Paris's mother has wanted Paris to get the fame that Paris's mother was never able to get for herself. Paris's mother wanted to have um, 
fame and fortune. She was able to get the fortune. She married into the Hilton family, but she was not able to get the fame that she wanted Paris to get and groomed Paris to get all Paris's life. And this is the result. Um, you know, because Paris, you would think, you know, a spoiled brat doesn't mean that the child feels loved, and in fact it's quite the opposite, because Paris would have known from early on that her mother wanted to live vicariously through her and in fact was showing her love for uh, bringing the fame. It was a conditional love. It wasn't an unconditional love. If Paris didn't go out to the clubs and didn't do what her mother told her to get fame, uh, her mother would have been angry at her. It's not that her mother, mother would have said, I love you no matter what. Um, and in fact, it, it's been known that People have said, people who have studied this, who have done research into the family, have said um, that from the time that Paris was a little baby, her mother called her a star and said that anything, that, uh, that her baby, her star, could have, should have anything she wants in life. Now, of course, we all want the best for our children. There's nothing wrong with that. But to convey that message, my baby is a star and she's going to get whatever she wants, for her life is the reason why Paris was shocked when the judge told her that she had to go to jail in the first place and when the judge told her that she couldn't phone in her appearance last Friday and when the judge told her that she had to go back to jail. So really there are explanations for all of these things and things that parents can learn from this. Um, you know, also going along these lines, when we were shown the inside of Paris's house, what did we see on the walls? Pictures of Paris. What is that? That is narcissism. I mean, do you know anyone who has pictures? You know, it's one thing to have pictures of yourself around the house where you're with your friends, your family, you know, where you want to remember happy occasions that you shared with these people. But to just have glamour shots of yourself um, is really a sign of narcissistic tendencies. No, it's a narcissistic trait. And that, too, comes from not really feeling as though she's being loved for who she is inside, but rather this, these glamour shots for what she can bring, especially to her mother. And it actually is really sad. And I'm hoping that... Uh, that Paris will learn from this experience. I think that this uh, jail time is the best thing that could have happened to her because hopefully it will make her um, stop and think about where her life is going and start to orient it in a more positive direction. Of course, yesterday there were, you know, there, she had called Barbara Walters and told her all these things that she wanted to do. It seems a little bit um, too quick. You know, it seems like uh, the conversion, you know, into being this other person seems a little too quick, and I'm afraid that she's sort of going to embarrass herself when she's not able to follow through with all of these promises when she gets out of uh, jail. But, you know, even the things that she was talking about, I mean, she was talking about uh, uh, doing good for um, uh, breast cancer and for multiple sclerosis because her grandmothers had suffered from that, uh, and that's great. But she also talked about getting a toy company to make a Paris playhouse. 
I mean, I was talking at the beginning of the show about Barbie. <laughs> That's what toy companies did for Barbie, um, was to make Barbie's playhouse. I mean, I think uh, consciously or unconsciously, Paris really does see herself as Barbie. That's what she's played. And, yes, she wanted to turn this into something where children come and get toys from these toy companies, uh, underprivileged children or, you know, children who have problems of one sort or another. And that part is great. But, again, see the twist, the Paris Playhouse, and that's where that narcissism comes in. It's Because the thing is that to turn things around and to be spiritual and to really give of yourself the, the best giving is done without the spotlight on you. It's the giving that you give in private. It's not, look at me, I'm giving, aren't I great? And Paris doesn't get that yet, and apparently her psychiatrist is not being doing much to help her understand all of these things, and that's pretty sad. So when we come back, why don't we uh, talk a little bit more about what is going on with Paris Hilton as we put Paris on the couch, continue to do that on Dr. Carol's couch. And you're listening to uh, your friendly psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. In the ever-changing world of real estate, Mark Heller and Brian Church bring to Internet Talk Radio all the latest information, trends, and changes in the real estate market. And these guys pull no punches. That's Real Estate Talk with Mark Heller and Brian Church every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, the focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcast each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time. When pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance, tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous Muscle Mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Today we have Paris Hilton on the couch, and uh, I'm going continue going to continue through my psychiatrist notepad. As I said, I've been uh, following this story because I've been doing lots of media interviews on it and uh, trying to refine or add to my analysis of Paris. Um, one of the things that concerns me is the erosion of the public's confidence in the legal system. Uh, going back to Paris's upbringing, every time as she was a little girl that she would get special treatment, um, she took that to be a sign of her parents' love. But she knew, you know, if she would say, for example, please, please, mommy, mommy, or no, or, you know, and they followed through with what she wanted, she tried to tell herself, well, maybe they do love me uh, after all. But and, and an example of this, how she was expecting, wanting to get the same treatment was when she wanted to phone in her appearance on Friday. But, in fact, um, you know, as I was saying, really she had this sort of uh, disconnect because on the one hand her parents indulged her um, and gave her all of these things, gave her what she wanted, but on the other hand she didn't really feel as though loved unconditionally. I used to wonder how her parents used to let her be so out of control and drink and do all the different things that she would do um, on camera. And uh, and then during the original trial, when uh, her mother was talking to people and and say to the to the legal system, people involved in the legal system, and, and she said something like she asked somebody uh, for their autograph, and like I, I think it was the prosecutor, I'm not sure, but one of the people involved in putting her daughter in in uh, in jail, she was really sarcastic and said that she wanted their autograph, and she called another person pathetic. I mean, here I thought. I, this is a, the mother that I was expecting to give guidance to her daughter. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess it should have been obvious what was going on in her childhood. But, um, but anyway, I guess I was hoping that she would give her guidance. And instead, she was just as um, uh, had that same attitude as Paris Hilton, uh, expecting everything to, to, to expecting to get special treatment. Um, both of them need to understand that they can't just stomp their feet and get what they want in the real life. Um, what was really fascinating, if you happen to see the body, the scene of Paris 
uh, and I'm sure most of us couldn't miss it, but the scene where the, the sheriff came last Friday to get Paris to bring her to court, and um, we saw the scenes over and over played on television of Paris leaving the house with her mother and father and her sister and eventually getting into the car, the sheriff's car. Well, that scene, that body language of that scene really told it all because Paris's mother kept approaching her to hug her. Um, well, she approached her to hug her at, at, at one during one time specifically that we saw. And um, then that hug ended, and Paris's father didn't go to hug her. He walked away. He walked towards the other side of the terrace, the balcony that they were on. And Paris walked after him with her arms outstretched to get him to hug her, which was so interesting because I think there probably is a part of her father who, although he doesn't want to see his princess go to jail, is embarrassed that um, she has brought this shame onto the Hilton name. Not that everyone else who's been a Hilton has been perfect, mind you, but there is he would have liked to have believed that there was some status in being a Hilton. And that goes way back, and um, and I, I think that he he was very very uncomfortable with all of the cameras on the family, um, and I think he just wanted to distance himself from the whole thing, and was feeling a bit angry at her for causing all of this to happen. So Paris goes to him to uh, get him to hug her, and then her mother comes and sort of gets in on the hug, which I think describes their family dynamics in that one moment that um, that Paris's mother has really been the one sort of uh, indulging her and that there's been some resentment of that by the father on the stand uh, that day later that day when fr- when on Friday when Paris did go to uh, court she mouthed I love you to her parents from the stand which is really rather regressive behavior as I was saying before that um, she became very childlike, and it was really kind of ingratiating. It's like what a child would do who doesn't want to be punished, kind of like, you know, Mommy, Daddy, uh, I love you. Help me. Get me out of this situation. And indeed, um, when she was sentenced, she said that, um, you know, she said, it's not right, Mom, like still sort of having the fantasy and hoping that her mother could get her out of this predicament. Um I think that that was all really very, very telling. And uh, and it is kind of interesting that she managed to get the, um, the prosecutor and the judge who, were, who wanted her to spend more time in jail to, to square off against the sheriff. So essentially there were all these men fighting over her. Who was going to control Paris? And what's fascinating about that, how that that dynamic played itself out is because, in fact, I think that that's what she wanted from her father. She wanted more of this attention from her father, and she managed to get it to be in a circumstance where she was able to get all of this attention, these men fighting over her, which is really what she wanted her father to do because, in fact, um, her mother seemed to be more in control of her because her mother was the one who wanted her to be on this path to fame. And really, 
um, she it seems that she wanted more attention than she got as a little girl from her father um, and wanted him to come in and control her and perhaps save her from her mother who was who was uh, pushing her down this path to fame. Well, her mother got what she wanted. It may, it may not end up to be the kind of fame that she wants, but at least for these days she's gotten international coverage. I hope, as I said, that Paris will learn from her experience, that she will start down a new path. I think that this could be really good for her, and um, and I do hope that she uh, does do something for these charities that she's talking about, or she talked about how the world should pay more attention to the people who are giving their life for Iraq. Well, she could always uh, go to a hospital, you know, Walter Reed Hospital, or do something to... Uh, to make money to help the troops. That would be a really helpful kind of thing. And I think we all need to pay attention now to what kind of attention the people are getting in our prisons and in our jails. And um, not only should there not be celebrity treatment, but the people who really have medical and psychiatric problems should get more help, which means that there needs to be more doctors being hired for these prisons and jails. And... um, and, and it's not going to be a silent problem anymore, I hope. So thank you all for listening. There is something to be learned about this besides uh, what makes Paris Hilton tick. And I hope that I've given you some of these um, deeper thoughts to think about and do something about. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.